Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Um, part of following Jesus is being a reflection of him. But the only way you can truly be a reflection of Jesus is if you want to. Right? Like, you have to decide to be that. It doesn't just happen. You make the decision to do that and to go all in and reflect his light in your life to other people. That's what we're called to do. Now, I'm going to say something that hurts. It hurts so deeply to come out of my mouth. But I know that there's a lot of 12s in the room today. All right? I get that. I am one of them. I'm a, I'm a part of your cult, okay? Um, but the facts are clear. The numbers speak for themselves. The best team over the course of the last several years in the NFL is the New England Patriots. I know, I know, it hurts me. It hurts me. I, I, I can't believe it even came out of my mouth. But I, I'm just telling you, that's the facts. Don't kill the messenger, all right? That is the facts. And not only are they the facts, I believe it with everything inside of me that they are. But how many of you know, I haven't gone out and dropped 160 bucks on the jersey. Amen. Do you know what I'm talking about? Me meaning, I can believe and know that they're the best. But let me tell you, I am not going to the mall and buying a Tom Brady jersey. I'm not going all in with them. I am already all in with another team. Hello. And here's the thing. I know a lot of people who call themselves Christians, followers of Jesus, who believe all of it, who have the, the Michael W. Smith t-shirt, but man, they have not gone all in with him. And so they live this life of confusion. It's like, I thought this was something else. I signed up for this, but man, I don't see a whole lot of change in my life. And in fact, I even feel disconnected from God. I can't tell you, I've been in full-time ministry now for almost 12 years. And I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with people and the conversation goes something like this. Pastor, I've, I've been a Christian for 15 years, but man, I just feel so disconnected from Jesus. I, I feel like I'm not, I'm, not even, I'm not even hearing from him. I don't feel the, the presence of God in my life, and I don't know what's going on. And after you know, a thorough diagnosis, we usually land the plane that they haven't pursued him in an intentional way. They haven't gone all in. They haven't picked up the mantle of Matthew 28 and stepped out and lived out the great commission that Jesus said as he's like ascending into heaven. Like he's like giving us the instruction of what it looks like to be his disciples. But I know so many believers who haven't stepped into that yet. And so today I want to intro this series. I want to, I want to, I want to lay a foundation for what it looks like to go all in as a follower of Jesus. Now, there's another group of people who I sit with and they say, man, I said yes to Jesus six months ago, but I got to tell you, I had no idea what I was signing up for. I remember 
I grew up here in the Northwest in university place. And at 17, my dad heard from God. I'm like, that's how he says it. I heard from God. And he uprooted our family, my, my, my three other brothers, my mom. And we moved to South Florida, Miami, Florida. Now, man, I'm from, I'm from the west side of Tacoma, all right? And at 17, I got dropped onto Miami Beach, all right? Like, I'd never been there. I didn't know what I was, I didn't, what in the world is this? But I'll never forget, uh, you know, I'm a teenager, and my, and my parents purchased this house. Now, if you know anything about Florida, Florida, uh, especially South Florida, has all of these canals. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, they're about, you know, about this wide, and, and they're kind of murky and brown. And, and, and so the, the house that my, they still live in it 20 years later, the house that they purchased has a canal behind their, their backyard, the grass, right? And there's a little wooden dock. And I can remember being 17 and my brothers, and, and, and we, we get to that house for the first time. And, you know, I'm coming right out of Tacoma here. And, you know, the backyard has palm trees and all this kind of stuff. And then there's this canal behind my parents' house. And my, my brothers and I, we saw that and we were like, oh my word, we live on the water. You know what I mean? Like, like it was like, we have, oh my goodness, you know? Now, I didn't realize pretty much most people's houses have that behind their house, you know? And I was just like, this is great. So what do a bunch of kids from Tacoma do? Can you just finish the story for me, right? The, the shirt came off at about, you know, two seconds, dropped, you know, down to our boxers. And man, it was just cannonball off this dock into this canal and we're swimming around and throwing brown water at each other and and I'll never forget this old uh, Orthodox Jewish brother is across the canal and he's mowing his lawn. I, 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 it's like it's yesterday, right? He's mowing his lawn and he and he, he looks and he looks like this. And he turns it off and he walks to the edge of his grass and he goes, uh, "Hey boys, uh, you do realize that there's alligators and barracudas in there, right?" And, you have never seen a group of teenagers come out of a body of water so fast in their entire life. And you know what? I, I've never even stuck my hand back into that canal 20 years later. How, how many of you know you need to know what you're jumping into from now every once in a while, right? And, and there's some of us who have said yes to Jesus, and we were just like, ah, you know, can opener, and we're out there, and, we, and it's like, I, I had no idea what this was all about. So I don't know where you're at on the journey. Maybe this is just going to be a reminder for some of you, and I, and I know I know it will be a reminder for just for some of us in this room who are, who are all in. So, so if that's you, pray for some folks right now that are receiving this word maybe for the first time. Today, I want to lay the foundation. I was a business major in college, and there was a couple of classes we took. There was one called microeconomics, and then there was another one called macroeconomics. Today, I want, to, I want to look to the word and this topic from a macro lens. Can I do that? And I want to lay a foundation because the, the foundation of this conversation starts with the kingdom of God. And for just a couple of minutes here, I want to, I want to, I want to talk about the kingdom of God and how it relates to us as we talk about what it looks like to go all in. Now, there's, there's 
uh, many variations of that term, the kingdom of God. You have, sometimes it's just the kingdom, uh, the kingdom of heaven. There's, there's different variations. They're all interchangeable. They mean the same thing. And we read about this kingdom in the New Testament 62 times. In fact, Jesus spent the majority of his teachings connecting principles to the kingdom of God. He, he spoke of the kingdom uh, just endlessly. I mean, and, and his father and, and the kingdom, the kingdom. And so if he talked about it that much, I think we should too. So I want to I unpack. What, what, the, the question is, what is the kingdom? As we're looking at, what does it mean to go all in? Let me give you three principles that we need to understand about the kingdom of God. So if you're taking notes, this, this is going to be really helpful. Maybe it's going to be a reminder for some, but for others, this is going to be some first-time information. All right, here's three principles. Here's the first one. What do we need to understand about the kingdom of God? Well, number one, the kingdom is not of this world. In fact, put a little hyphen next to that little sentence and then write the word spirituality. The kingdom of God is not of this physical world. Romans 14, 17 is Paul writes and he says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Meaning you can't physically see or taste the kingdom, but rather you experience the kingdom of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the kingdom is a movement and King Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is leading this movement. Someone say amen to that. The kingdom of God is not some far off place. It's not physical. It's spiritual. It's not for tomorrow. It is here and now. And we experience the kingdom of God through the work of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit in and through us. As humans, we experience the natural, right? The natural, but also as human beings, we experience the supernatural. And someone in this room, you need to hear this today. There is this thing called the supernatural. In fact, scripture is clear that there's a war taking place right now in the spirit realm against evil, and good. Many of you know that uh, here at Church for All Nations, we partner with several different organizations that do Jesus stuff in this community, as well as abroad. Local, local missions and, and, and foreign missions. And one of the organizations that I talk about a lot, uh, I, I'm, in, I'm just, it's, it's very important to me and it's, and it's connected to my family. My, my great uncle David Wilkerson started it and that is Teen Challenge. And we, we partner with the local Teen Challenge here in town, and it's incredible um, ministry. But I don't know, about, I'd say about four or five years ago, I had the opportunity to travel to India. And I went to Delhi, and I went to Calcutta, and I went to Mumbai. And um, I had the opportunity to, to go to Mumbai and to see the work of Teen Challenge in Mumbai. And it was just unbelievable the type of work they do in a city of roughly, you know, pushing 30 million. Think about it, like 30 million people in one city. And many of you know of just the, um, the tragedy of, of sex slavery in India and 
you know, with Hinduism. And there, there's, a, there's just a, there's an oppression uh, that, that you experience in, in these different pockets of India. And I'll never forget, I was in Mumbai and I was with a group of pastors and they said, hey, we're, we're going to go visit the Teen Challenge Mumbai, but we need to prep you guys. Where it's located is a section of town of Mumbai called the Red Light District. And the red light district in Mumbai is 100% run by, by gangs. And, and it's, there's a, just a just, uh, devastating um, sex industry there, prostitution. And you, you can read about it. I mean, there, there's even um, there's stories that, that they, they, they kidnap young girls and they, they drug them up and they put them, literally lock them in cages all over this, this particular neighborhood. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm good. I'm good. I got the Holy Spirit and I'm going to Teen Challenge. If they can handle it, I can handle it. You know, I was kind of flipping about it inside. And I'm telling you, we got in that van and we drove about 20 minutes. And we, we I, I can't even, like, it's hard to describe. We pull into this section of town and God is my witness. I, I can't describe to you what I felt. You say, what are you talking about? I, I'm, I'm talking about oppression, Spirit, supernatural dark oppression that I could literally cut with a knife. And like, the, the, I'll never forget it. Like, the, um, they, they slid the, 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 the door of the van open, and I got out, and this is the face. I literally made this face. I was like, I, I, it was just so overwhelming. It was like, it was this, this blanket of darkness just surrounded me. I, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a situation like that. There's, there's pockets of this area code that I've visited, where, I, where I've, had the, I've had that same, you know what I'm talking about? It's just this, this dark, this, ah! And I remember as we walked down this dirty, d- dilapidated alley, and, and, and you see these, these, pro- these, these, these young girls who are, who are selling themselves, walking around, and, and it was just, and, and I'll never forget, we walked into the entrance of this, literally a brothel, and, and where there's transactions down in, in this little kind of lobby area, the roof's about this high, and a, and a group of us uh, pastors, we came in there, and, and these, these, these little girls, they just kept coming up, and they, they would take our hands and, and put, a, put our hands on their head, begging for a bl- just a blessing. And I remember we were just like praying over these, these young girls, and I just, uh, and, and everything inside of me wanted to run away from that place. I am telling you, I'm, I'm just going to confess, I got in that van, and, and when I heard the door slide, I was like, Oh, I literally, I was just like, get me out of here. I'm just being honest. And as we drove away, it was like, it started to go away. I mean, it was just so, right in your face. It was the first time I'd really experienced the dark side before. And in that moment, as we were driving away, sweat coming down, I'm just, ah, I, I literally, like, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me very clearly. And he said, son, this stuff is real. This is real. And you are a part of a spiritual war, man. I'm telling you. And those of you that are followers of Jesus, uh, my guess is you've experienced it more so than those that aren't. Because how many of you know when you say yes to Jesus and you get on his team, the enemy is fully aware of that and comes at you with everything he's got. So, so here, yeah, I didn't know what I signed up for, Pastor. When I jumped in the canal, jackknifed into the canal of Jesus, I, I didn't realize stuff, it was going to get worse for me. 
Now, that's not my prayer for you, but Jesus was pretty honest about that. But I'm so grateful that he sent to help me. He sent his spirit. He said, in this world, you're gonna, you're gonna feel it. You're gonna walk through some dark stuff. It's just, it's coming for you. But what did he say? He didn't leave us there. He said, what? He said, take heart. Meaning, embrace it. I'm with you. I'll walk with you through it. I was just talking to a gentleman at the showcase right here who was talking about, man, I'm in a valley right now, but man, I'm feeling the victory, right? Because I feel like the Spirit is with me. We are a part of the natural, but the supernatural, there is a dark side, but hallelujah, I'm not going to leave you just in Mumbai in the red light district. I'm grateful today that there is a good side of the supernatural, and it's the kingdom of God. It's the Holy Spirit. And in Romans chapter 6, the, the, the St. Paul writes about it. He says the same spirit that brought Jesus Christ back from the dead lives inside of you. And I want to take it a step further. It's not just the Holy Spirit living inside of you. It's the kingdom of God. You are a, The kingdom of God is inside of you and goes before you. This kingdom is not brick and mortar. It is a spiritual kingdom, and we experience the kingdom of God through the power, through the power, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's inside of you. It's all around you. Write this down. You don't have to die to experience the kingdom of God. That's a misconception. Oh, man, pastor, I just can't wait till, you know, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to, no, no, no. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. But I'm just saying, like, you can, the, the kingdom, you can experience it here and now. Allow it to work in and through you. I love, we know this passage. This is how Jesus taught us to pray. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. He says, pray then this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus prayed that the kingdom of God would be shown here and now, and he taught us to pray the exact same thing. So your prayer doesn't have to be, Lord, I'm coming there someday, and can't wait to get off this stinking earth, and da 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 No, no, no. We are here for a window of time in eternity to live on mission, on purpose, living out the kingdom in our lives. Here's a second thought I have concerning the kingdom. And that is, the kingdom serves only one king. <laughs> and and you, can, you can just put a hyphen by that and write the word submission. The kingdom only serves one king. And every kingdom has a king. And the reason why we see kingdoms throughout history fall is one of two reasons, or both. Number one, the, the, the kingdom couldn't defend itself. How, how, many, how many know that King Jesus... Uh, has no problem with defending himself. He doesn't, he's, he's, he's over it. He, he, can't, he can't lose. And then the other thought is, uh, kingdoms fall because kings are bad. Right? How, how many of you know that we serve a king who's good? He's good. He's a good God. He's not mad at you today. He loves you. Right? And so, so, so this ki- the, the kingdom serves only one king. Look at this passage of scripture, Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 33. Here's here's the angel. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. 
and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. Now, get your yellow highlighter out. Are you ready for this? And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. No end. Uh, 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 Michael was talking about it while we were worshiping just now. We, we read Revelation. We win, right? This kingdom goes on. It's eternal. And yeah, when we pass on from this life, you're going to spend eternity with him. It's, it, it's, a good, it's a good deal, all right? Now look at Matthew 6, 24. It says this, no one can serve two masters. This is Jesus talking. He says, no one, you can't, you can't two, serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you're going to be devoted to the one and despise the other. So the question I pose to you is, what runs your life? Who is your master? Because everyone serves someone or something. Everybody does. For some of us, it's our career. And that's number one. That's, that's, that is a, that's, a, that's above our daughter, our wife. That, that's above the, uh, the local church. It's above Jesus himself. We don't say it like that, but if the, the fruit, the fruit is very clear. That homie, like your, your God is your work right? So the question is, who runs your life? Who is your master? Ask yourself that right now. This kingdom serves only one king, and we submit to that king. Here's a third principle, and I'll ask the band to come back, and that is, this kingdom is experienced in community. And then do your little hyphen and write the word solidarity. Okay. This kingdom is experienced in community, in solidarity. Solidarity meaning unified with each other. Yeah. Meaning in agreement as followers of Jesus. With Do we disagree at times? Of course. But we're not disagreeable with each other. We're unified. We're in this together. And in the process of experiencing the kingdom of God, in community, what happens is you become a stronger human being. It's just the way the kingdom is set up. Uh, this idea of on my own, isolation, pull up my bootstraps, I did all this on my own. You see that car? That was me. I did all this. My business, my dot, 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 dot. I set my path. That's a, that's a great uh, American philosophy, but it has, it's not a kingdom philosophy whatsoever. Like, like if you're a follower of Jesus right now and you do life like that, oh, pff, ah, ah. <laughs> I did this. If, if that's just kind of your attitude, if that's the lens that you look through, man, it's, it literally goes against everything the kingdom is all about because the kingdom is all about community. It's about doing life together with other followers of Jesus. And I'm reminded in Luke chapter 17, verses 20 through 21, this is what it says. It says, once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied. So, so these scholars are literally teaching that it, the kingdom of God's coming. It's not here yet. Now look what Jesus says. Look at his rebuttal here. It says, the, kingdom of, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. 
Nor will people say, here it is, or there it is. Because the kingdom of, watch this, because the kingdom of God is in your midst, in the midst of other followers of Jesus in community with each other. And I want you to know today that Jesus was all about community. Let me ask you a question. Do you really think that Jesus needed 12 dysfunctional teenage boys to help facilitate and fulfill the mission that he had here on earth? Or do you think possibly he was modeling to JF how he wants JF to live his life? I think I answered the question. Right? So, so Jesus sleeps. Can you imagine that? Knowing a couple of these guys are going to betray him. In the end, they're not even going to be there. Got to sleep next to these guys. Got to eat with these guys. Are, these guys through the next couple, three years, they're going to frustrate the heck out of me. I'm going to teach them the same dang sermon over and over again. And they're going to come ask questions. And I've already, so, so Jesus, with all of that, no, he still does this. And he, and, he, and he picks the worst. Aren't you grateful for that, man? He didn't, he didn't like go stand outside of Harvard University and see who has the 4.0 and the highest. No, man, he came to my house. And he said, I, I choose you, broken, dysfunctional JF, to do, be my hands and feet. And that's what he's calling you to do. I don't care who you are or where you come from, what color your skin is, how much money you have, uh, what, what gender you are. I'm telling you, the Lord has something for you, and he, he's, he's, he's done with you wallowing in your past and dragging that thing through life that the enemy wants to stay connected onto you. No, no, no. It's under the blood. It's forgiven. And now he's not only saying that I've forgotten it, move on. I'm now equipping you to do my work, which he says in the word, and I'm not going to try and wrap my head around it. He says that now you're going to do greater things than I did. I don't even think I believe that. But man, I'm just going to receive it and accept it and just do what I feel like the Lord's called me to do. But it's done with others in community. I'll, I'll finish with this little story here. <coughs> I didn't, I'm just being honest with you. I didn't really get this principle of community until probably about 10 or 11 years ago. My wife and I, um, moved to uh, Los Angeles and we accepted a uh, associate pastor role at a, at a church literally in, in Hollywood. I'm not talking like Pasadena. I mean like Sunset Boulevard. Like we were, we were doing ministry and living in Hollywood and the sign was right behind our apartment, that kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, we were there for four years and God rocked our world and one of the highlights of of our ministry. We learned so much. We got to work weekly with the Dream Center and parts of East LA. It was just really, really cool. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, LA County, someone's going to come say, that's not true. There's, there's this amount of uh, people, but I, I think in LA County, there's like something like 13 or 14 million people, okay? And what, I've, what I learned in this process was the bigger the city, the lonelier you get. My brother lives in New York City, in Harlem, New York, and he pastors there. And he's like, bro, he's like, majority of my ministry is just dealing with people that are lonely and isolated and no community whatsoever. And so with that in mind, the church that we were connected to, Oasis Church, understood 
that reality. And not only did they understand it, they took action and they taught this principle of community, unified, solid, doing life together like Jesus did with his disciples in such a tangible way. I'll never forget when we, when we first got there, it, it wasn't like, is anyone going to say hi to me? None, none of that stuff. I mean, we were just like mobbed. They didn't even know who we were. Just mobbed us. I had, I had uh, guys, just, I was holding my phone. One guy grabbed my phone. I'm like, he, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm, I'm just, you, I'm going to uh, put my number and I'm going to put my contact and, I'm, I'm, and then I'm going to put our coffee date on your iCal calendar. This is how we do life here at this church. And, and, and it was just like, I had like 30 new friends in about 90 minutes. You know what I'm talking about? Because they understood the principle of, of living out the kingdom of God through community. In fact, I was telling this in the first service, like we didn't even really get a choice to like pick our own apartment. I mean, there, there's folks in the church like, nope, nope, you don't get to pick. You, we, have a, we have an apartment, we, we, Oasis Church, we have a, an entire apartment complex where people rent there and we all live together and we're hippies and we live in a commune and we just do life together and Bible studies every night. And I was like, that's weird, you know, because your nature is like, that's, I don't want people up in my business. Can I just say... That was the greatest thing that could have happened to us in that season. We lived in this bank of, uh, in North Hollywood, we lived in this bank of, of townhomes, like one after the other, boom. You know, Hollywood just like, ah. Uh, like we, our window was up against a building. We didn't even have any natural light. You know what I'm talking about? Like, just like sardines, man. But did you know that bank of all of those townhomes? It's, it's, it's California. The, the front doors were never even closed kiddos running in and out, people walking in and out. In fact, I told this story, I've told this story a few times, but I can remember one morning, we're upstairs in our master bedroom, and I wake up to the smell of bacon. Now, you want to just stop and say hallelujah, because that's a, in that, oh my, oh God, you're, Holy Spirit, you're here, you're very, you're very present in this moment, Holy Spirit. And you know, the first thought I had was, man, my wife, man, she loves me getting up early like this and going down there and, and she, I can smell coffee brewing. I'm like, oh man, thank you. I look, she's just, you know, just, well, she's not here so I can say that, but, but just sleep. And I'm like, is there a robber cooking breakfast? <laughs> so I literally, I'm like, it's like 630 in the morning. I'm like, and she can hear all the stuff, you know, fridge closed. And like, I come to, I tell this story and we laugh about it over and over. I come down the stairs and my buddy Mikkel is scrambling eggs and he has, you know, like the towel over the shoulder doing this thing. And he looks up and he's like, hey, Jeff, how do you like your eggs? And I'm like, what in the heck? You just came. He's like, oh, yeah, I just came, came in the back door and I'm making breakfast for the whole family today. And like three other dudes in our church just walked in. I was like, and I was like, Oh, th this is how it's supposed to be. Like, like th this is, this is, this is how we're supposed to be. Now, I'm not saying you got to get a guy scrambling eggs in your kitchen, but, but you, but you, but you see what I'm talking about, right? The kingdom of God is truly experienced. I mean, like, like you're, you're getting to the marrow of the kingdom of God when you're able to intentionally engage and do life with other people. If Let me just say this right here. It's not my notes. But if you're a person who has no accountability whatsoever in your life, 
you are setting yourself up for destruction. I mean, if you don't have anybody asking you the tough questions, can, can we be honest? There's not one of us in this room that's got it all together. I'm telling you, I'll be the, and, I, and I'm leading the march, okay? I'm telling you. I've got to have men in my life that call and say, hey, bro, last time we talked, you were walking through this, or da 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 and if, and if you're able to be honest in those, hey, bro, I'm not, yeah, hey, whatever. I have people sometimes that say to me, you know, I was in the hospital for two weeks and I didn't have, you know, no one from the church came and, and, and visited. Now, not here, okay, but at another church, I've had people in the past say, no one came, and, I, and, and, and very humbly and not, not rude or sweet, just say, hey, I'm so sorry about that. Like, which, which small group are you in? Like, who... Because that's, that's how we would have known if the small, right? Oh, I'm not really in one of those, right? Now, if you're not in a small group and you're in the hospital, we'll come visit you. That's not the point. It's not the point. You're like, they're not going to come if I'm not in a small group? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just I'm, you see what I'm saying here? And so I encourage you, we're, we're going we're gonna to walk through these doors here in just a few minutes, and, and there's going to be about 40, is Pastor Eric here? I think it's about 40 different groups that are represented in the lobby. If you like chicken sandwiches, you can join me in Lakewood at seven o'clock in the morning, men. But I mean, there's a shooting group. I think I'm gonna join that one too. Shooting group and, and underwater basket weaving. I, I don't know about that, but there's something for everybody. Now, no one's stopping you. You have every right to go out that exit because I want you to know the people in this lobby, they're, they're coming for you, okay? They are, they are coming for you, but there's other exits. You can bail and get home and get your chili stirring for this game, right? But I, I, think, I think if you would just, and, and hit, listen, this is me too. Just because I'm up here doesn't mean like it's my nature to want to connect all the time. But just, if you can just kind of and stick yourself out there, who knows what the Lord can do over this, this season of the small group showcase, all right? I want to leave you with this verse. The entire kingdom of God. All of the laws. Everything Jesus came. His message of hope, the gospel, truly hinges on this passage of scripture that I'm going to read to you right now. So this is kind of important. Write this down. I had like three different guys come up to me in the lobby and say, what was the reference again? So it's going to come on the screen. This is it. This is, this is the kingdom of God right here. Are you ready? Put it up there. Galatians chapter six, verse two. Scripture says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, in your broken humanity, this rubs the wrong way. Right? Because our humanity is just self-preservation. It's survival. Get off me! Ah! I'm reading this book called The Operator. It's about this Navy SEAL, and he's talking about, you know, the buds training and, and how the, the, the instructors would throw them tied up in the water together, and they had, they had, they had to be, all be together. And the, the, when you're that close to people, like, you automatically start going drowning. And what ha he, he was explaining that, that guys, the smart guys, would, would use the other guys to stay afloat, and they would push them down. 
like, like think about this. This, this is a picture of, of, of our broken world, our humanity. These, these soon-to-be Navy SEALs pushing their brothers down under the water so that they can survive. But that, the, the, the kingdom of God is the exact opposite of that picture. The kingdom of God does everything that it can to keep the brother next to you afloat and even to the point of your own death. This is so counterculture. It's so backwards. And if you read the rest of the prayer that Jesus taught us and said, pray this prayer, I'm reminded that Jesus said, give us this day my daily bread. No, it doesn't say that. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Meaning it's not just about you. The, the prayer is for your sister too. It's for your brother. Lord, give us this day our provision, our provision. We know you're going to do it, but we're just going to focus on today's provision. And we want everybody included. The, the kingdom of is, is, is an inclusive group. He, he then goes on to say, give us this day our, our, our daily and forgive us our trespasses. Lead us down to temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power the glory of God forever and ever and again so so even the prayer he teaches us is being prayed through the lens of community I, that's that's all I got that's a, I don't got anything else for this I'm telling you if 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 that doesn't if that doesn't resonate I, I don't know what will and so we're going to pray here in a second and and then we're going to we're going to we're going to interact with each other and we're going to do life together I want church for all and I know it already is but I want Church for All Nations to, to continue to be known as a place where you can truly experience relationship and community. Where, yeah, as we get bigger like this, we also get smaller. We get accountable with each other. We carry each other's burdens. We encourage each other. We read the scriptures together. We pray for each other and live out the kingdom of God through community. The kingdom of God is not of this world. We experience the natural and the supernatural. In Jesus' name, will you bow your heads? Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.